Well, welcome, Summit Church. Good to see you this morning. Everybody watching online and everybody that's not here, but a few. But thank you for being here, man. Come on, give it up for Jesus. Yeah, come on, man. All right. Hey, listen, I found out living on the Gulf Coast, if you're a pastor, you're also not just a pastor, but you're also a weatherman. You have to be a weatherman, and you have to be a prophet, and all those things together to figure out what in the world happened you got to do on a, in a hurricane. So we're just grateful um, that you were patient with us and uh, gracious with us as we made an audible last night to maybe lean to the safe side and not have um, maybe a, a service per se as normal. And so glad you could watch this online. want to also thank everybody watching uh, with the county jail. Come on, we just appreciate you guys and ladies and appreciate you so much. I have no idea what you mean to us. And uh, some of you may be wondering, what do we, what's the week hold? You know, we got a uh, hurricane barreling down uh, on us down in the southeast Louisiana area. And uh, we just want you to know that we do have a disaster relief team. And we'd love for you to be a part of that. Our, as of this moment, this Friday, we'll be taking a team down. We have several food trailers that we'll be taking with us and a disaster relief trailer as well. We'll be going down and we're gonna be pinpointing a, a location that is gonna be probably in need. And we're gonna go down and serve food to the people there. Um, as many are probably gonna be coming back into, you know, hopefully not too bad of devastation, but no doubt some kind of an issue. So we wanna be there for them, to love on them and care for them and feed them. So if you wanna be a part of that team, you can reach out to the church, go online, Go to the app and uh, reach out or call the office and say, hey, sign me up. I want to I be a part next weekend of going down and bringing some relief to the people there in that area of, of, our, of our country. So I appreciate uh, Robbie praying for um, the needs there in Afghanistan and, um, and going on in the world. I just want to say this on top of that. Uh, good friend of mine, he's a, an attorney uh, in Arizona, and he's been keeping me in touch with what's going on in Afghanistan. And he has a manifest of about 900 names of Christian leaders and their families, uh, pastors and Christian leaders in Afghanistan. And uh, been, we've been working tirelessly all week to get them out of Afghanistan. By no means are we trying to get all of the Christians out of Afghanistan because you got to have light in the dark world. But these people are people with a target on their back. Um, they uh, have a death warrant on their life. And so um, we've been working to get them out. And we need you to continue to pray for us uh, and pray for them, especially uh, right now they're making new tracks across the land uh, because they're not able to get them out by flight. And so um, they have teams that are skillfully trying to navigate um, and rescue them through this uh, more or less underground corridor. So we would just pray that you um, join us as we just uh, lift up our brothers and sisters in prayer this week. It means a lot. And um, you know what? You never know. I mean, listen, we're, we're, we've, I've thrown our name into the hat and um, there's a possibility, well, if things go right, that... Um, maybe in America they'll receive some refugees and some of these Christian pastors and leaders and maybe even here in our area and maybe you might be a candidate uh, to open up your home to a family if that is the case. And so I want to just put that out there, just a seed for your thought. And uh, 
If that is something that probably you could do or you would like to be interested in knowing more about that as it unfolds, let us know here at the office. We'd love to have that conversation as we find out more. Well, I don't know if you heard about the the fellow, he was looking for a job and he was desperate for some kind of employment. And so uh, he found himself in the office at the zoo and asking the manager if he had any openings. And the man said, you know, I'm sorry, we just, we, we don't have any, but but definitely keep you posted. And he goes, well, all right, well, appreciate that. And so he's walking out and, uh, and the zoo uh, administrator said, well, hold on a second. Uh, there is something, but I'm almost embarrassed to ask you if you'd be willing to do it. He goes, no, I'm, I'm desperate, anything. You just tell me whatever it is. He said, well, our, our gorilla died. And, and your kids love a gorilla. And we don't have any gorilla, but we do have a gorilla outfit in the back. Would you be willing, you know, we'll pay you good to sit in the gorilla cage and just sit there. You don't have to do nothing, just sit there like a gorilla. Maybe eat a banana every once in a while. And the guy goes, you know, look, I'm, st- I'm desperate. I'll do anything. He goes, well, that's great. Thank you. And so, so he hired him and he dressed him up in his gorilla outfit. And he was sitting there in the cage. And every once in a while, he'd eat a banana. And, and uh, towards the afternoon, a bunch of kids started gathering around. And, and uh, man, he was really getting bored. He'd eaten so many bananas. He thought to himself, you know, what if I just climb this tree right here? So he he climbed the tree, and as he climbed the tree, all the kids got really excited, and they started gathering all their other friends, and he looked out, and he saw over the compound, and he had a big crowd. He said, well, maybe I'll, I'll try swinging on one of these little ropes here. So he swung one of those little ropes and had a good time. Man, more people got in there cheering, they're clapping, they're laughing, they're giggling. He's like, man, this really feels good. And so he saw another rope on the other side of the compound. He said, well, you know, I'm just going to swing over to the other side and grab that rope. Well, he swung over to the other side, and he missed the rope and literally f- swung over to the other compound, the, the compound next, which was the, the lion's compound. And he landed right there in the lion's compound. And he looked up, and the lion started coming out of his little ke- uh, hole, and, and, the, and the, gr- the man in the grill started yelling, help, help, please, somebody help me. And that lion ran up to him, stopped, and said, be quiet, you idiot. You're going to get us both fired. <laughs> <laughs> I love that joke. You got to admit that's funny. That's a funny joke. Well, hey, so this morning I want to look at the book of Luke, chapter uh, 8, with us this morning. And I want to talk along the lines of, uh, I titled this message actually, I Need You. And um, I really believe this is going to bless you. It's, um, I believe it's an important um, topic to talk about, especially in the fact that we're launching our small groups this week. And if you haven't signed up for a small group. We really encourage you to do that. We'll tell you more about that at the end of our time together. But uh, Luke chapter 8, Jesus is making his way through a town, and we'll pick it up. He's on his way. The crowd's almost crushed him. He's just being pushed by, by all these people thronging to be around him. And there, there was a woman there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him. She touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding, they're pressing against you, but Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. And then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. And in the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how 
She had been instantly healed. And then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Now go in peace. So we see this interesting story of a woman who was bleeding, not from her nose, not from her ear, not her finger, not a knee scrape. But this woman was bleeding from a place of intimacy. She had longed for intimacy for 12 years. In those days, in the old covenant that they lived under, if you had some kind of an issue as that of a woman bleeding like that, then you were not allowed to even be out in public. You were allowed to be in the community. You were allowed to um, mingle with anybody. You were considered unclean. And so this woman, as a part of the Mosaic law that they lived under, under that time, found herself basically removed from the community that she had grown up in, found herself living in this place of isolation and, and longing for someone just to, to, just to reach out and, and to know her and to touch her or to be interested in her. She, she was what we would call at a very lonely spot in her life. And it was in this situation of brokenness and isolation and a longing. She, she was an outcast. She had, she, she had for 12 years, can you imagine, 12 years, a long time, she had suffered with this malady and, and, and she just wanted someone just to notice her. But she had baggage concerning, in, in, um, in the eyes of everyone else. She had issues. She had things going on, and she was a burden. And yet, this woman, who was slowly dying, longed for someone to touch her. And then someone did. Someone touched her and changed her life. It's amazing the power of one touch. It's amazing the influence of one person. It's, the, it's, it's incredible the dynamics that unfold when one person who loves another person and who's walking in the power in the kingdom of God touches another person in need. What can happen? I'm encouraged by this passage of scripture because this one touch was not a doctor's touch. It wasn't a nurse's touch. It wasn't a mother's touch. It wasn't a father's touch. It was a can I say like it was a spiritual touch? It was a touch from another kingdom into another, uh, the earthly kingdom, from a heavenly dimension into the earthly dimension. It was one person walking, if you would, in the spirit, walking with God, walking in an understanding that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And when he was, when he came in contact with this person and touched her at a, the point of intimacy, everything changed for this woman's and in her life. And can I say this to you this morning, that your healing comes when you allow spiritual people to come into your sphere and to touch your life. God wants to use his body. We are the body of Christ. He's the head, we're his body, we're his hands extended, we're his feet, if you would. And he, he, he desires for us to be ministered to, to be healed by his body. And so 
I just want to give that shout out this morning before we go any further, man. Thank God we have that even in some of church. We have small groups that, that minister and become the touch point of Jesus, of the kingdom of God. We have, we have a crossing to freedom, which really gets down and unpeels the onion of the soul and, and just begins to talk about and show through the word of God how to be delivered to heal through anger and bitterness and resentments and things like that, the hurts and hangups and habits. We've, we're starting and launching. We're excited about this. And some of our county jail will be excited to hear this as well. We're, we're launching what we call... Um, 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 Celebrate recovery. That's what it is. Celebrate recovery uh, on September, I think, twentieth, and we're excited about that. And and that's another opportunity for many some that are in the prison now or jail now that you're going to be getting out by then. And we would encourage you to come join us. It's a it's a touch point and, and grief share where people have lost a loved one, a child, a husband, a spouse, a, a, a daughter, whatever. And, and we have a small group right there for them to, to be able to come and to be able to be in the presence of other people who've, who are struggling as well and kind of walking through that healing process after losing someone significant in their life. And Authentic Manhood, we're launching that. It's just a great way for men to know men. We have other women's groups. It's incredible when you get involved with people's lives and you see Jesus move through them and touch you. It is actually a miracle. And in fact, it's such a miracle. He says to this woman, Jesus does, he says, your face healed you, sweetheart. Now, I want you to, now he could have said, now I want you to go make me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I want you to, you know, go tell all your friends. No, he said, I want you to go in peace. And a significant word, because we're familiar with the word peace, but, but let me just remind you, this word peace means a freedom from agitation, a freedom from internal commotion. Here's a woman who longed for intimacy. She gets a touch from the kingdom of God. She gets a touch in her physical body, and it brings with it now a freedom and a healing and also a a peace and this inner turmoil that she'd been living with for 12 years is absolutely washed away and gone in a moment of a touch. And, and then not only that, but he touched her, as I mentioned, in, at the point of her intimacy. Intimacy is that revealing of the inward parts. That's what the word intimacy means. It means having knowledge of someone else's inner character. It means self-disclosure. It means the dropping of defenses and the dropping of facades and masks. It means being authentic, being raw, being real. And this woman began to be healed through a touch from God in the area of intimacy. And God has called all of us, every single one of us, to be somehow in a relationship with someone other than our parent, other than our spouse, but someone where we can let our guard down, a brother in the Lord, a sister in Christ, we would call them. He's called all of us to be in relationships where, where we can be accountable and where someone can know us well enough to know that we're really not telling the truth, but we're fudging a little bit and, and they can call us out on it in loving way and bring correction into our life and, and where they can speak into us and we, we receive correction from them or we can give correction to them as well. 
This is what the body of Christ is. This is how it works. This is why Jesus, what he died for on the cross, he saw the church come alive and people working together, loving each other in a community of love and watch, walking out in healing. I like what I read someone say. He said one time, as a quote, he said, he who is wise is he who realizes that he cannot be trusted. That's the truth. We can't trust ourselves. And we need the body of Christ. We need others to hold us to a place of accountability. C.S. Lewis said it like this, to love at all is simply to be vulnerable. Where we come into an atmosphere, a place, a setting where we choose to be vulnerable and then we choose to be real because we all love the mask, right? That we've learned to adopt and adapt to in our lives. But we can only be loved to the extent that we allow other people to see who we are. And for some, that's a fearful thing. And that's a hard ask and a tall ask. I get that. Nevertheless, it is what God has asked us to do. The scripture I want to take us there in Genesis chapter three, we were talking about this this morning in our men's group at the fire station. And it was, uh, you know, it's the very beginning of Genesis, Genesis 3, verse 6. And the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye, desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some, she ate it. And she also gave some to her husband, who was, can I just say, passively standing there, not being a leader by any means of his home. And he ate it, and then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized that they were naked. See, here's what happens when sin enters into the picture, when sin enters into your life, it begins to cause you to run from intimacy. And so they saw they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together. Why fig leaves? I have no idea, other than that they're a very big leaf. But how they, how they sewed them together in the garden, I have no idea and I'm not even really interested in knowing, but they made the coverings for themselves. And then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden the cool of the day and they hid. It's important words. They hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden, but the Lord called to the man, where are you? Adam, where are you? God's not asking this question because he doesn't know. He knows exactly where they are. He's given them a chance to bring full disclosure. Hey, Adam, where are you? And Adam answers, well, um, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid. The first time we ever see fear mentioned in the Bible. I was afraid because I was naked and so I hid. And God says, who told you you were naked? In other words, the age old sin, I mess up, I'm gonna hide. I make a mistake, I'm going to hide. I didn't measure up. I made promises. It didn't pan out. I'm going to hide. We're going to hide. We're going to hide. And we play hide and seek with God. And we play hide and seek with the very, not only person of God that can heal us, but the body of Christ that can bring the healing of the Lord as well. So this fear begins to live inside of us that we won't be accepted for who we are. We, you know, I, I offended God. I'm, I'm, he had expectations. I didn't measure up, so I got to hide from this God. He won't love me anymore. What a lie. It was God who continued to pursue the relationship with Adam, even in the garden. But what was their answer? The fig leaves. That's my answer. My answer, when I mess up, is a fig leaf. 
In other words, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be better, I'm gonna work, I'm gonna work, I'm gonna please God with my works and my efforts, and still it doesn't heal me. What heals me? You know what heals me? Is the, what heals me is what God did. What did God do? The Lord made a garment of skin for Adam and his wife, and he clothed them. The first time there was ever shedding of blood done in the Bible. God clothed them with a garment of skin. What heals us is when someone lays their life down for you. A garment of skin extends themselves over you and shows you, I love you despite of who you are or what you have done. That's what brings healing to our lives, a garment of skin. You're a garment of skin. I'm a garment of skin. And we are the very tools that God uses when those are hiding in fear and disappointment and, 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 and yet God brings us into their life. And, and if you'll open up to those people that God brings into your life, if you'll willingly put yourself in settings like a small group where you put yourself intentionally there so you can be known and be vulnerable and be honest and be accountable, you'll find that people won't reject you, which is the lie of the enemy, but actually they will accept you and you will find a whole nother love of God that you'd never known before because you put yourself in that situation. But people, unfortunately, they, they shy away from any kind of accountability, any kind of a, 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 a relationship where, where, where they maybe could disappoint someone or hurt someone or not measure up to their standards. And this which when, when the first time we ever see um, like a real major um, murder in the Bible is obviously the very beginning. Cain kills Abel. The Lord comes to Cain. He says, where's your brother Abel? Cain responds to God. And he, again, God knows the answer, but he gives him the chance and he goes, well, what, who do you, who do you think I am? Am I my brother's keeper? And God's answer to that answer, response is yes. You are your brother's keeper. He, but we don't want to be our brother's keeper. We don't want to be responsible for someone else's life and we don't want them to be responsible for our lives. We just want to be the lone ranger and come and go and do as we want. But that's totally defying what God's called covenant relationships to look like. That word keeper, the Hebrew word shamar, it means a watchman. Am I my brother's watchman? It means to protect. Am I, the, am I supposed to protect other people? It means to guard. It means to place a hedge around something as like a hedge of thorns, like a shepherd would do for the sheep. You make a pen full of thorns so they wouldn't get out or nothing could get in. And, and, and God's calling us to, to be someone that protects our brothers, that guards our sister, that, that places a hedge around their lives and says, you know, listen, you got someone here that you can count on. You can count on me. Everyone needs, I believe, that kind of relationship. I need that. You need that. Everyone needs intimate relationships. Everyone needs, I would call it in the Bible, an armor bearer. Someone that is right there with you, they've got your back, and someone that's, that's going to be right there in those hard times and the good times. And I thought maybe this morning, just quickly, I would just read this passage of Scripture, give you a couple quick points about an armor bear, because it really is an incredible passage. And, 
And I want to just kind of point out just a couple of benefits of just that kind of relationship that is, um, is proved to be fruitful when you're involved with that kind of a, uh, a person, that kind of relationship. An armor bearer, I would say, is someone, before we even read this passage of scripture, it's like um, they, 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 carry, they carry, you know, uh, your warfare implements. They carry, they got your back in many ways. Um, like a, like a, in a modern day term, it's a probably a bad term, but uh, analogy, but a, a golfer with a caddy. And he, he, the golfer's doing all the work in a sense, but the caddy is right there filling his ear with wisdom, with counsel, with the tools that he needs. And so an armor bearer is that person who's walking life with you in a sense, and he's helping you. Um, and so we see this in 1 Samuel chapter 14, where Jonathan, uh, the son of Saul, says to his armor bearer, come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. Now this is Jonathan and his armor bearer, just two guys. The armor bearer doesn't even have a name. He's just a guy who has no name. But he's very close to Jonathan. There's an enemy outpost on the other side and uh, on top of this like cliff. And, 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 and Jonathan has this idea, maybe we should just go up there, show our face and, and attack him. <laughs> and it was shocking to me as the armor bearer says to him, hey, whatever's in your heart, I'm with you. Yeah, if it seems good to you, I'm with you. Even though probably the odds are he's going to lose his life. But he's like, you know, whatever it takes. And, and so that's what happens. They climb the cliff and scale the cliff. And they show themselves. And, and God moves in the midst of this situation and actually causes Jonathan and his armor bearer to, 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 to just overtake the Philistine outpost. And, and from that came fear into the whole Philistine army until they were all running chaotically away from the Israeli army. And so I want to just point to you really quickly a few benefits of being an armor bearer. Number one, when you have an armor bearer, when you put yourself in a relationship with someone through a small group, through a men's group, through a, through a what, uh, you know, crossing of freedom, through a, a celebrate recovery, whatever, when you put yourself in positions where you have someone in your life who is an armor bearer to you, they give you, number one, the freedom to dream and to step out in faith and, do, and take a risk and do something maybe crazy and silly that you really didn't think maybe, you know, you could do. But they heard you and they responded not with doubt, not with unbelief, not with, are you kidding me? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard you, you ever say. That's crazy. That's insane. No, no. They encourage you to take, to take the risk. I, I was uh, uh, with some friends and, and we were on a lake and we had gone to a, a, some place and they had some cliffs. And this was about a 30-foot cliff. We climbed up the side. And when you get, you know, when you're looking down at a, a ledge at a cliff, you know, to jump into, it doesn't look very high. But when you get up on top there and you see the topography of everything in front of you in the horizon, it becomes not 30 feet, it becomes like 60 feet in your mind. And I'm standing there and I'm looking, I'm thinking to myself, how can I get out of this and keep my dignity, right? How can, how can I, how can somehow I go back down and st still keep my, you know, character? And uh, my friend came up beside me, and we had a bunch of people in the boat down below, and, and uh, he's, he's feeling the same kind of fear. I appreciate the fact that he's sharing his fear with me, and he says to me, he says, um, JP, if you jump, I'll jump. 
I said, well, why don't you jump? He goes, no, no, you're the leader here. <laughs> I said, I just got here before you did. Just doesn't make me the leader. He goes, but if you jump, I'll jump. I said, you promise? He goes, I promise. I said, all right. And so I jumped and he jumped. And I was there. And, and we, 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 I died and went to heaven. No, I'm just kidding. But everything, everything was fine. But the point is, I probably would not have jumped had he not stepped up beside me and said, I'll, I'll do it too. I'll be with you. So somehow, when you got somebody next to you, with you, walking this thing out with you, that's why Jesus sent people out two by two, because he knew that the natural tendency is for us to always shrink back. But if, if you got someone in your corner, if you, if you put yourself in that kind of relationship with somebody in the body of Christ, with a group of people, then you'll find, you, you, you'll take risks, you'll just jump out there and you'll be obedient to the things that God calls you to because God will never call you to do something that's not typically a risk. So you need people to say, yes, I'm with you, Jonathan, heart and soul, let's, let's do this. Number two, I found that an armor bearer, somebody that you're in a relationship like that with, brings constant encouragement. They bring constant encouragement. Verse seven, do all you have in mind, because I'm with you, heart and soul. Man, this is a true story. It just happened a couple weeks ago. A lady in our church, she was feeling very bad, and she she was at home. She was trying to power through the sickness that she was having. And, uh, and, 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 it, and she was getting worse every day. And uh, she kept hoping and thinking that she was going to get better every day. She kept getting worse. And another lady called her up, checked on her, said, how, in our church, said, how are you doing? And she, you know, she responded, well, you know, I'm, I'm hanging in there. And so the lady hung up from talking to the lady that was sick, and the Lord spoke to her and said, you go pick her up now and take her to the ER. And so she called the sick lady up and she goes, I'm gonna be there in 15 minutes, 20 minutes, be, be ready, I'm taking you to the ER right now. And hung up the phone, got there, picked her up, took her to the ER. They immediately put her in the hospital. The doctor came the next day, said to the sick lady, he said, who's now fine and she's all well, but he said to her, if you had not come within 24 hours, you would not be here right now. That's what the doctor said. It's amazing that even that powerful of a relationship can save your life. We have a lady in our church, who may not be in our church right now, had not another lady in relationship with her said, I'm coming. Even though you've told me not to and you don't want to, I'm coming. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about relationships that will even literally save your life at times. Number three, relationships like this allows you to get more work done. Um, the Bible says that Jonathan and the armor bearer begin to climb with their hands. They begin to climb with their hands this cliff and hands Speak, speak to us in the Bible symbolically of, of work, getting work done. You use your hands. God enables you to get things done. And, and it shows us that, 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 that when you have someone that's in your corner, when you have a relationship with people in the body of Christ that are with you, you'll be amazed at how far you can go, what you can get done for the, for, for the kingdom of God in the short time you have on this earth. 
I, I lift weights and, uh, you know, go to the gym as, as much as I can. And, and what I found is I can only lift a certain amount of weights when I'm by myself. But if I got somebody with me lifting weights, it's amazing how much more I can lift because I just need someone yelling at me. You know what I'm saying? I just need someone telling me how, how, how you know, come on, do it again. You know, get, and, and, and think, I've had some people like that, and, 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 and they're down there, and I'm, my, my face is red, my neck's veins poking out, I'm, I'm struggling to put this bar, and they're right down in my ear, and they go, come on, come on, come on, you got it, you got it. And, ah! and it's amazing, get it done. I would not even take that chance had not there been another person with me. What I'm saying, I'm saying when you have relationships in your life, you'll be amazed at how far and how much you will get done for the kingdom of God. Can, can somebody say amen? Just say amen. I mean, I just got to feel you back a little bit. Number four, when you have relationships like that, they give you clear direction. Yeah, good. The Bible says he climbed using his hands and his feet. Feet speak of direction. And when you have accountability partners, when you have relationships that you're in covenant with, that gives you the confidence to go places you never dreamed you could ever go. Number five, quickly, and when you have that relationship, they sharpen your soul. It says, 1 Samuel 14, the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer followed and killed behind him. The Philistines are a symbol spiritually in the Bible of the lust of the world. And here we see Jonathan and his armor bearer confronting the lusts in the world, the, the temptations of the world, the, the enemy, if you would, of the world. And Jonathan was successful because his armor bearer exposed the enemy's tactics. The, the armor bearer, when, when you go into battle, when Jonathan's going like this and he's going to battle, the armor bearer's got his back up against Jonathan's back. And he's looking out for his backside because Jonathan doesn't have any armor on his backside. So the armor bearer's protecting his backside. Hey, you, you need another sword? Here, here's one. And he's got all of the implements and he's at the same time looking out from behind that he isn't tempted or caught from uh, off guard. When you have relationships like that, they give you clear direction and they give you confidence and they sharpen your soul and they expose the enemy's tactics and they cover you when you're vulnerable. And number six, when you have a relationship like that, they help you become an offensive machine. In the first attack, chapter 14, verse 14, in that first attack, Jonathan's army killed some 20 men in an area of about half an acre. I, Earl Hersheiser, some of you baseball fans would remember him, St. Um, Los Angeles Dodgers uh, pitcher, very famous pitcher, very good pitcher. He said this one time. He said, play aggressive, and the odds of winning increase greatly. And when you have someone in your corner, you play aggressive. The tendency is that you don't slouch back, you don't hold back, you go further, you go harder. Number seven, and lastly, when you have a relationship that you've chosen to enter into, a godly, kingdom-oriented relationship, then you begin to see that that person God uses them in your life to establish your spirit. Verse 14, it says, in that first attack, they killed some 20 men in an area of about half an acre. The word 20 is an interesting word. The word 20, numbers are always symbolic in the Bible. They always have meaning. All numbers carry meanings. And the number 20 literally means divine order. 
Moses went up to the mountain. He brought down some, uh, you know, Ten Commandments and then broke them, went back up and brought them back again. Twenty, twenty commandments. He, he brought order back to the camp. He brought order to the land. And when you have, when, when we see that Jonathan and his armor bearer killed 20 men, in other words, they began to uh, move into a whole nother level and bring God's order or God's kingdom, if you would, into a place that was occupied formerly by, by the lusts of the world. What am I saying? I'm saying that when, when, when you have someone with you, in your corner that you're accountable with and to, then they make you wiser. They help you become more focused. They, they challenge you. You become even more aggressive and you believe for bigger things and, and you begin to see that God can do great things through you. You just need that person. Every boxer's got a person in their corner. And they go every few minutes to that corner and they get a back massage and they get their bleeding stopped and they get stuff for the nose. They get a swig of water and that guy's in the corner talking to them. You got this, do this, do that, duck here, go here, do that. And you need that. I mean, what, what a shame it would be for the boxer to get beat up and he goes to the corner and just sits there all beat up and he's bleeding even more. Goes back out, gets more beat up, he comes back the corner. Everybody feels sorry for me. He's such a loser. What? No, this God has ordained that we all fight the good fight of faith with somebody in our corner. And my question to you is who is in your corner? I'm not talking about your spouse, not talking about your parent, not talking about your kid or your immediate family. I want to know in the body of Christ, who's in your corner? Who really knows you? Who is it you could take the mask off and let them see the real you, and they would still love you. Well, I couldn't do that. I'll never put myself in that position. Well, then you'll probably never ever walk in total victory and healing, because that's the only way it happens. God uses people to touch us at our most vulnerable point of intimacy. And that's why we value small groups. It's not just some little thing, we, we are a church of small groups because we truly do believe that the tighter you're connected to your brothers and your sisters, then the more victorious you are in this world in which you live. And so I'm going to have a word of prayer and then and I'm going to bring up uh, Pastor Rick and for a moment we're going to talk just about two minutes, five minutes maybe. So Heavenly Father, I thank you today that you put us in a setting where we can love you with all of our mind, heart, and soul, and we can chase after you. And we thank you that you've surrounded us with people and opportunities that are available to us to become all that you've called us to be. And so, Father, we ask that you will just really press it into our hearts, the need for that kind of relationship. And Lord, we'll be a church where we are authentic, where we are real, where we have these places we can be raw, and yet at the same time be accepted and loved just for who we are. We come against the lie of the enemy that would always say 
They only love you because you're this or that. No, that's not true. And so, Father, we take that scripture to heart. And Lord, we ask you to use us to be the skin that covers the nakedness of humanity. You would use us to be the skin that shows the love of God that covers all mistakes. Use us to be the healing tool of the kingdom of God to bring life into those who are really drowning and hurting. We love you and we praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, hang on for just a second. Pastor Rick, come on up. Pastor Rick, many of you know, he's our small group coordinator. And, and uh, Pastor Rick is, and I, we're just going to walk through to you because this is the beginning of small group week. We're excited about that. This is the, what we've been dreaming about for the planet for the, all summer long. And so we just want to take a moment and just kind of go through the list of small groups available for you. And you can go online. Is that right? Go, go online. online. Or the app. Or the app. Hit connect and then go to small groups. All right. And it's yeah. 32 small groups that you can be a part of. And uh, just pick the one that fits you best. Yeah. And it's about, it's about developing community. We have to have community. That's right. I read an article recently that only 10% of people that come into the church are looking for community. Mm. And that's sad. It is. And, and this, the community, like you just ministered on, community holds us together and pulls us together. So we, we need community. Yeah. Let's walk through this really quick, Mr. Rick. And uh, so we got Pickleballers for Jesus small yeah. group. That's a good one. I uh, just recently read an article that uh, the city of Gulf Shores is getting ready to build 12 pickleball courts. And we have in our own church right here, we're blessed to have the regional coordinator for yes. all the pickleball groups around here. So that's a great, there's a lot of fun, get some exercise, yeah. have a relationship, that'd be good. Number, another one, the God I Never Knew. God I Never Knew, uh, Bob Harlow's going to do, it's a teaching on the Holy Spirit, just mm. getting to know God. And the Mighty Men. Um, now you can tell us about that. Yeah, one. that's Monday morning. I'll leave that on Monday mornings, and we just get together, a bunch of men, um, and we just uh, um, just talk about man stuff, you know. Remnant Kids is going to meet on the first Monday of each month. This is a small group for children, just teaching them about uh, who, who God is and the Spirit of God and, and uh, the, the, the relationship that they can have at a small age. That's great. Train up a child, ways to go, yes. and they'll never depart from it. Another one we have called Cliffhangers. That's awesome one on Tuesdays. That's a great one. That's where all the food is. So yeah. I, if you like to eat, that's a good one to get into. They have a great tight relationship. Crossing to Freedom, Jan Hicks on Tuesdays. Crossing to Freedom is a good good uh, uh, class. It's a good teaching, and it's always ongoing that it can, it can uh, bring you out of a place where maybe the enemy has hold, a hold on you, and he'll bring you out of that place. We have lots of people in this church who have a lot of testimonies of walking through crossing of freedom and walking in one way and walking yeah, out another right, over, right. over the court. It was all, most of our small groups are about 10 to 12 weeks long. Yes. And, and so it's just a good time frame. It happens in the fall, happens in the spring. Also grief share. Grief share is a, if you've lost a loved one, that's a good place where, and again, we're talking about community and coming together. And sometimes you just need a place to uh, just share or just release yourself or allow God to minister to you through these people. So that's a good one if you've lost one, and, lost a loved one recently. And you leave one called Men's Coffee? I do, and it's a bunch of guys that get together, and we do exactly that. We drink coffee, we talk about uh, the things of God and the, 
the purpose of God, and uh, it's a good good group to be part of. We have a prayer group that meets on Tuesday night with Juan Moreno, and um, just want to brag on them for a second. Uh, they took their prayer group out last Tuesday night and went to the South Baldwin Hospital and kind of stood around the front. Um, one of the doctors there um, at the hospital let us know um, how discouraged the um, doctors and nurses are. Uh, they're just worn out um, because of all of the work going on, the COVID and all that. So they, our, our prayer group went out there and, and the doctors and nurses all knew what were told about it and they were so encouraged to see the body of Christ out there praying for them. That's, yeah, that's cool. That's, that's on Tuesday nights. And Wednesday night we have be, Being Reconciled and this is uh, for families that maybe have someone that, that is an addiction uh, in their family and it gives them a, it's a support group for the family. So, so we, uh, we come to a point where we don't know what to do or how to respond to the, the situations that we find ourselves in with our family. So this group helps us get through that situation. Awesome. Again, it's all about community. And we also have a young adults group that we'll be meeting on Wednesday nights as well. Yes. And uh, that, my wife and I will be leading that, young adults. If you're, you know, in your 20s, uh, you consider yourself a young adult, we want to get to know you, and we're going to have a great time there as that as well. Okay, also on Wednesday night is Financial Peace. If you're financial uh, challenged, that's a good, good class to get into. Then we have Out of the Cave, and this is taught by Janice Sink. Uh, this this with all that's going on with the COVID and everything, and it seems like we're, the enemy is separating us, trying to pull us apart. And in that, uh, we find ourselves depressed, we find ourselves not knowing which, which way to go. So this out of the cave kind of gives us an outlet and a way to, to come out of the cave, come out of our depression, come out of what God is doing or what the enemy is trying to do in our life and seeing what God allows us to do. And going back to financial peace, uh, if you're in debt, uh, you don't have a budget, those kind of things, or you have credit card maxed out, or even if you just want to be a better steward of your money, that's a great, a great uh, course to go through. And uh, most people are up to their neck in credit card debt. We're going to help you get out of credit card debt and get on your way to moving into more of a savings uh, pattern. Yeah. Okay. We've got uh, Word of Life Bible study. It's on the third Wednesday of every month taught by Carol May, and this is just a Bible study. Of just, they just get in the Word and dig in the Word and find out what, what God says about every situation that they face. And on Thursday, Navigating Singleness God's Way. That is taught by Buffy Green. It's a, it's a, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a single women's group. That's what it is. That's single right. women's group from 30, <laughs> 30 to 60. I lost my train of thought. Yeah. And uh, I've had several people ask about a single women's group. So there we have one. So get in, get involved, get uh, connected into that group. And Authentic Manhood takes place as well on Thursday nights uh, here in the yeah. youth room at the church and led by Johnny Walker. And, and that's a great men's curriculum. We had our fish fry, our opening uh, of that last Friday. Great time. And it was amazing. It's going to be great. We had about 50... 50 guys yeah. last yeah. last semester. Mm -hmm. Good fish. It was good fish. We have grant writing on, it's going to be on Thursdays uh, from 6 to 8, beginning on the 19th, which has already begun. And uh, this is just, this is a, a where a group of ladies get together and they just write grants for nonprofits. So this is a, an exciting part and it's a, it's a beneficial for the church or beneficial for nonprofits. So let me just add one more thing about that. So why would we want something about grant writing? Well, Alabama ranks 50th in the United States in receiving federal funds. Um, a lot of these states are receiving billions of dollars 
because they have grant writers that know how to get it. And we just, we, I believe that the riches of Egypt are stored up for the righteous, the Bible says. And so we, we need to tap into that. So there's a lot of kingdom projects can be, get done if uh, we had some grant writers. And we're going to teach you how to write grants. And literally, the, literally the Alabama lead grant writer um, administrator attends church here. And they want to help us learn how to do that. That's an amazing opportunity. Good. Women with Mary's Heart. Uh, it's on meets on Thursday at 10 a.m. and this is just a, a women's another women's group that gets together and they just they just you know usually the groups last an hour this one lasts out two two hours two and a half hours you get a bunch of women together you know how it is mm-hmm. and they just hang out together and they 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 fellowship together and have a good time together yeah I'm not going to touch that one but <laughs> they have a good time hey the Conquer series is a great one as well as because and it deals with pornography. And um, it's, a, it's a great, great tool that God's used to bring men out of pornography. It's very, um, you, know, you know, it's not published. It's not all out there. It's a very kind of private group, but it's a very important group in this day and time. Uh, the next one on Thursday is Butterflies and Arrows. And I'm really excited about this group because it builds foundations in, in people's lives. I am about... Uh, uh, establishing leaders and building leaders and this group will give us a foundation on on the principles of faith and how to walk them out not just to hear about them but to to actually walk them out so when they come together not only will they be studying together but they'll be walking together you know this one the next one on our list is embrace on thursday nights as well and this is incredible ministry for women who've had an abortion and are still carrying the weight of that from years past and so we this group has already been established and we're just kind of watching this thing unfold and watching women walk in a place of healing from, from and, and walk into a place of victory. Next we have uh, Save One. It's, it's also, it's a, a group that gets together, maybe uh, that have past abortion recovery is what it is. Mm-hmm. And you can sign up for this, uh, uh, just call Terry Worsick. Have Girlfriends, which is a, another prayer, prayer group Inter- intercessory prayer, uh, you can sign up for that. And here's here's a great one for the for our young people. It's Trail Life, and that is that is getting ready to start. We're kind of we're we're working through some uh, uh, logistics on that, but that should start soon. That takes the place of Boy Scouts. Yes. It's a Christian version of Boy Scouts. Boy Scouts kind of went sideways, and so um, this is like the fastest growing uh, young. For, just for boys right now, there is a female one, that, a girls one that we're looking at later, but it's, it's, a, it's the fastest growing um, kind of Boy Scout type of thing and the, teaching the kids how to camp and be outside and be outdoors and live with integrity. Yeah, great one. And then the, we have one on Saturday called Better Together. They just met last, this, they met yesterday in fact, and this is the last Saturday of every month. This is uh, led by Darlene Johnson, and this is a great group. If uh, you're looking for a great, awesome uh, ladies' meeting, I encourage you to get into that one. Awesome. Man, a lot of good stuff going on, and we just wanted you to be aware of all these opportunities because we truly believe, as I mentioned before, that, that we grow together, not by ourselves. We grow together. We need one another. We need you. You need us. Uh, you need some, that person next to you, but you need someone else as well. So with that said, we're just going to close one more time with a word of prayer. And uh, pray, pray that you have a great week. We're also going to keep in prayer for those that um, are going through the, this hurricane right now. And let's just believe God to miraculously intervene. So Father God, we thank you again for our time together. We love you. 
You're such a great God. We pray that you'll keep us safe. And Lord, those that are our loved ones as well, we pray again for those, and we're thankful, those that are in the path of that uh, hurricane, that Lord, you will preserve lives and properties. And we're going to give you thanks for that. We pray that you'll give us wise strategies as we go to bring help and hope in this next weekend. And we give you thanks for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you this Sunday, this Wednesday night as well. God bless. Hey, this Wednesday night, Kim Polden will be preaching uh, for us, doing a four-part series on the Lord's Prayer. Don't want to miss it. Take care. God bless.